invest in uh, real estate, let's say you're buying a, a, a house yourself, and then you have a full control of, you know, the, the gas bills, the repairs, like, you know, the uh, um, all of these things that come in, especially reserves, right? Because reserves, it's where you're gonna take. If you don't have reserves, that's where even best investment can just tank because you ran out of funds. And if you have control of your reserves, you can control all the people that you can hire to remediate things immediately um, and solve all the problems because there will be problems. Real estate is a problem solving business. Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. All right, today we have Alina Herman on. She is a note buyer, an investor, a tech uh, mogul, I guess you could say, starting top agent. So she's got companies involved in real estate investing, real estate, tech, but that's not where it stops. She is a mom. She's a CrossFit athlete. She's into NLP, which is basically the art of like understanding people and how they work. And she's obviously got a spiritual side to her that we might dive into today. So guys, you want to tune into this one because we don't know where this one's going to go. But as always, we're going to start into, you know, Alina, what is the craziest real estate experience or transaction you face so far? Okay, well, the first thing that comes to mind is probably a lesson learner because um, every transaction that we do is always crazy. So it's kind of like become more of a routine of being crazy. It's like jumping hoops on every single one of them. Um, but I think the lesson learners is where listeners uh, would learn more. This is was quite a few years back when we just started um, a note buying. We actually went through uh, a school. Uh, I believe that school no longer exists. Um, and there was a presenter in there and the school was about um, essentially private lending. And uh, there was a presenter in there. He was talking how many houses he's <clears throat> buying, how many investors that, you know, uh, coming in and then literally you know, they flip houses and, you know, you invest in him and you'll be fine. So what happened is that we invested uh, probably about 30 some thousand dollars um, and we purchased uh, uh, a mortgage deed, you know, essentially a note on a house and the 14,000 was supposed to go out of that money into an escrow for rehab funds. Uh, what happened that what we didn't know that the same person also have gotten from the community, probably another 50 to 60 deals where he have collected, you know, on all sorts of different properties and we had collateral. So we were in first position, um, like a problem, nothing really was going on until, you know, a couple of months later. People are start saying, oh, you know, they're not able to get a hold of him. They're not able to get any money back. And we're like, okay, you know, uh, like what's happening? What we have learned is that that guy essentially built up a reputation. It's like a Ponzi scheme, right? He built a reputation. He got quite a few houses under his belt. And then he start dealing with those, you know, so tell me, tell me under under his belt. 
When you say yeah. under his belt, like meaning he had done some successful flips or meaning he just owned a few properties? Actions, exactly, to get on stage, right? So don't believe like anybody comes on stage. They just could have gotten there, God who knows how. And then he ended up literally uh, from the entire community, you know, getting a bunch of people like us that are newbies that just learn how to do, you know, trust deed investing, buy into this deal. And it was in Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> so we literally didn't see the house. We looked it, through it, you know, on Google Maps. We kind of trusted the guy because he, you know, he was on stage. And he have done successful transactions and uh, we are in the first position. Our attorney looked at the docs, you know, everything lines up and 14,000 is an escrow. So it's all safe. You know, we have like literally the house was $15,000 to buy. I mean, the after repair value would have been like, you know, 50. I mean, we shouldn't be having any issues, right? Oh, wrong. So, <laughs> What happened? The guy literally have gone and from the community alone, like a, easily 50 transactions, 50 different homes. They're Birmingham, Alabama, most of them, some of them as a state. And they were all like little small deals, you know, ten, five, fifteen thousand $15,000 onto the house. So and he then, could essentially prey on newer investors because fifteen to 30000 was an acceptable Exactly. Yeah. Then 15,000 goes into a rehab funds, which we consider safe, right? Because, you know, it's not really going to a rehabber, it's going into his whatever fund. Apparently what happened is he pulled in all the money and then he starts using all that pool money to invest something else. Uh, honestly, I don't know how this whole thing, you know. So earlier, I'm, let's I'm, dive into this because I want to get into the yeah. details because this yeah, might yeah, help yeah. somebody from getting scammed. Absolutely. So, so you said the money went into escrow, but it, was it, it not a real into, escrow? It, it was his, his escrow. Yeah. Yeah. So break that down. Exactly. Yes, 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 yes. That's where we as a new investors, we didn't realize how this all worked. We should have kept the money, not transferred to him. So now that I know more about it, and thank you for asking this question because it, it is so uh, clear to me now, but back then... Mm. It was like, well, it makes sense. The guy's going to be handling disbursements. The guy's going to, you know, manage this whole thing. It, it, so, yes, our mortgage was secured by first position. But, one, we're not local, first of all. Just don't, don't do that, okay? That's lesson one. Two, don't trust somebody off a of stage. Three, always have control of that money. Because we have, but the moment we transfer money to his LLC, and there was a lot of social uh, manipulation in there. And here's how that turned out. The manipulation was that, oh, you guys investing or not, I have somebody else that's going to jump on this deal. This is too good to pass up. And, or, you know, something in that regard, basically a pressure to make decision. Those are all scarcity tactics. Yes, always should be a warning signs. Not that you shouldn't be jumping on a good deals, um, but you need to know if you're jumping on them, you need to still retain control of your funds, especially if they're not something that paid towards the purchase of the property. 
And now you're probably thinking, okay, yeah, deal went wrong, but you still have first position, you know, like well, what's more, like AVR, you know, 50,000 and you invest 15, you should be still okay. Well, here's what really transpired. Um, there was so many people were going after him. There was, they were attorneys and this and that. Um, obviously the group of people that were, you know, bamboozled got together and we would start working on figuring how to recover funds. Well, the guy disappeared. There was nothing to recover. So all we could do is literally just go and do foreclosure. Luckily, We've learned a foreclosure in Birmingham, Alabama wasn't that expensive. It was only $2,000, um, you know, to get a title on the property. Now, uh, we own a property that a liability. Grass is not cut. I'm getting letters from the city that you have to take care of that. Taxes unpaid. I'm getting like no the uh, notes that I'm basically that now my tax has been sold. Uh, now the uh, property itself doesn't have electrical, doesn't have plumbing, doesn't have windows that are operational, okay? I can't do like Section 8 or something, which that's the area. And they have to check in if the windows open and close. If they don't, I have to replace the windows. So by the time that I would repair, and then plus AVR wasn't even 50000 max at like thirty. So essentially... I lost 15,000, the ones that I had um, uh, in, put in in escrow, and um, the property I have inherited a liability. But to be honest, I have to say that one thing that I feel like um, back in the day as a new investor, I was really emotionally hit by this. I was so... Um, you know, so upset about it. I didn't really want to even deal with this because, well, first of all, we had a pretty good amount of liquidity and we had our businesses. Um, I didn't feel like, you know, $30,000 was that much money. You know, you know, 30,000 here, 30 there. I know it sounds terrible for some people. It's like, oh my gosh, it's like yearly salary. But for us, you know, I guess it wasn't. So I wasn't like in the rush to go and just remediate it. So I was hanging on to this thing for a very, very long time until like the neighbor basically came in. Is this your offered. first introduction to real estate? The, it was not a first introduction to real estate. It was first introduction to um, Note investing. notes investing. That's what it was. Because before that, we did our own rehabs that mm. like we did rehabs we've been in real estate brokerage for like many many years but that was the first time we started investing into trust deeds which is mortgages depends on the state so that was our first time that's you know to me i was like eh, you know i really don't want to do this this is just like ridiculous it's just so much you know um the scam is out there. So I obviously was like emotionally paralyzed in a way, you know, kind of like a stuck energy, how I would say it today. Um, so I was able to get rid of this thing uh, to the neighbor for like, you know, I think it's a little under $4,000. Just got my losses, you know, the write off. 
so just kind of like close the chapter but it took me quite a few years just like hanging on to this thing before I even could say yes I want to do something with it and I want to remediate it but yeah it's um definitely um not the craziest transaction, but I think the the lesson learner there was tremendous in every single sort of way. Um, I mean, I'm mean more skeptical. I always was skeptical because I grew up in Soviet Union. Scam is everywhere there. Uh, but mm-hmm. like, I didn't think that this would be happening with somebody that comes off on stage and speaks at this reputable organization where we were learning all this you know i think that they probably would have screened you know the person they put in to speak in front of this whole you know thousands of people so yeah that was um which is not the case a lot of times they're just looking to fill speaker slots right as you probably know now Now, let's talk about let's talk about your recovery through this so it took a couple years to be able to process it and then to start the rehab but what, what about your attitude towards note investing? Was it just like, hey, this was a bad pick. I picked the wrong person, but you were still always positive about note investing? Or was it like that itself had like a gr- uh, trauma, grief, recovery it process? It did. It actually did. It had quite a f- longer period of time recovery. And then what we realized, we start, see, because we had the real estate brokerage side, we had a lot of uh, buyers and sellers are actually rehabbers. So we could see that those are honest people. They're very hardworking. They have skill set, and they needed money and they were willing to pay a lot for it. And it's local. So we can go look at the house, talk to person with just like this personal relationship it was like, well, you know what? I think what the mistake was there in the first one was not to, uh, not invest at all, but actually be more in control. I think if I'm thinking about investment, it's more about um, how much control you have. So the more control you have, the less risk it is. So think of it as a stock market. When you invest in, let's say, Microsoft share, you have zero control of who they hire, who they fire, where they buy things, like what's happening with that. So it's a high risk. When you invest in uh, real estate, let's say you're buying a, a, a house yourself and then you have a full control of, you know, the, the gas bills, repairs, like, you know, the um, um, all of these things that come in, especially reserves, right? Because the reserves, it's where you're going to tank. If you don't have reserves, that's where even best investment can just tank because you ran out of funds. And if you have control of your reserves, you can control all the people that you can hire to remediate things immediately um, and solve all the problems because there will be problems. Real estate is a problem-solving business. 100%. 100%. That's yeah. all you do is solve problems. If you don't have tenacity to solve your problems, you will not have tenacity to sell, solve others' problems. And that's where we realize, hey, you know, we're local, we have control. And uh, that's how we like, okay, uh, risk is less, not as, uh, not as little as if we were to buy that property them ourselves but still as because we have this 
ability to like help the guy let's say he is you know having issues and his plumber is not you know doing something we have a network of people we can pull in or he has some other you know concerns or problems we can help with advice because we're local brokerage rather than you know somebody from you know different state we don't know what's going on so that's how we started because um the money was still there was very attractive um the risk and work uh, is less much 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 less it's all it really takes is to you know put together a couple of pieces of paperwork um and um you know once it's signed it's all good and then they close and you get paid at closing you know as a mortgage company would pay you are first priority let's, let's dive into more of the specifics to how to so note investing you're buying essentially a mortgage from somebody you're, you're taking it over talk to me i mean there's so many things we can go into a note investing right like you you can go into how they're you could buy the whole thing you could split them like talk to me about the for, let's start with this start with the benefits what is better sometimes about buying those as opposed to being an agent or some other form of real estate so it's more of a you know i hate word passive investment because i laugh at that you know, and they say, oh, you know, any passive, no, there's no such thing as a passive investment anywhere, period. Uh, the only thing that I can't even think, like if it's passive, that means you just playing a lottery uh, because you may or may not succeed in it. You can't really go say, oh, okay, you know, I'm going to put in it in a note and more passive than, let's say, being a real estate broker. Yes, it's less work. Maybe it's a different type of work. But I think that, you know, over the time, um, you know, the best thing that we've been doing is literally underwriting the transaction ourselves rather than buying, like, uh, distress notes because we've done a couple of times i think that again you don't know the person that is um doing the remediation of the property and that's where the risk comes in so my favorite would be is actually like a trust deed mortgage investment meaning we are like a private money investor on the deal um because of again this uh you know a balance of work versus control right so you think on the scale of like how much control all you have over the transaction and mostly of the problem solving not the transaction itself but problem solving how much do you have a control over that versus how much time you put into it because time is money and it's it's very obvious to me that um you know, the, the more time I spend, the less I make. <laughs> well, exactly. So let's, let's dive deep into how the money is made, right? Cause like, if you're, if you're talking about buying trust deeds from flippers, these are high interest rate notes. Yes. Very these are probably high. 10 to 20%, something like that. So, cause at first, like when I, when I heard people talking about note deed investing, and I'm like, if you're buying 4% mortgages, that just doesn't make any sense to me unless you're buying them at 50 cents on the dollar. So, so first and foremost, you're making a lot of money because you're buying notes that have very high interest rates yes. uh, that are given to investors that are hoping to make a lot of money. And then, 
So from there, you're probably buying these at a decent discount, right? The money is actually made on the upfront, like I charge. There's a lot the of discount, people. right? Yeah. The points. I, I, not only it's like 13 some percent that I charge some, uh, it also could be two, three, could be sometimes if it's, if, you know, it could be a higher risk can be six points. This means 6% off the loan that I get. That's a lot. And, and, uh, sometimes I can structure it. I can structure it all sorts of ways, paying up front, paying in the back, having no interest, having payments monthly, have not having payments monthly, all depends on the person or, uh, and I can say, let's do shared appreciation agreement. What that is, is that say, okay, you're not sure how much you're going to make. I know how much you're going to make if you do this and this and that. How about at the very end, you pay percentage off shared appreciation, meaning you purchase for a hundred, you know, you sold at 200. We also going to list it for you. So we know that you mm. are, you know, you good, you're going to get, we will stage it for you. We'll tell you what to add in the property, what not to add in the property, because we know what the market demands. And then we say, okay, a percentage, let's say 10% or of that 50K that you made as a profit. Well, I'm just generalizing because there's so many other fees that goes in there. That is what we also will make. Okay. So you're basically JVing with them. You're calling it shared appreciation agreement. Uh, love this, by the way. Great marketing. No, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it basically, there's, I hate this saying, I don't know where it came from, but there's so many ways to skin the cat. <laughs> right. I, I so agree with you. It's like out of all of the phrases you could use to say there are multiple ways to do something, we're skinning cats. Oh. And, Just, so... I, I say it and every time I cringe. <laughs> yes. And then. I think so many are in that position where it's like, I think we should coin a phrase, if not on this episode very soon, uh, and then just start using it and see if it and catches it's, on. It's more pleasant. Right. <laughs> There's exactly. no discrimination of the cats. <laughs> I don't know how the animal rights activists have not gotten that on the docket of no political kidding. culture. Right. Um, so let's, let's really dive into the numbers here because- what I like to do when I think about business is think about what are you in the business in and what are the things you're doing and then how are you making money? And so if I'm analyzing this, you're essentially taking a fairly active role. You're rescuing an investor, probably from a bad deal, like you would rescue, you know, an animal or something, you know, or some other things, right? That's the business you're in, right? You're saving people that are in distress. The, and pretty, so, pretty much because they can get the funds uh, like a, a, a conventional way. So yes, that would be true. I don't think that they would think it this way. Well, I guess that's the reason they're paying that much money because they they feel like that is a they're pretty, stuck. Yeah, they're stuck in there. And a lot of people that are in that flipping flipping business, high rights. <laughs> what their real challenge is that they really don't know what they're doing. And, and by that, what I mean is that they don't understand the money side of it. 
there is a lot that think, okay, you want to let me go and just do the work myself. And, um, you know, I'll save the money because I did all the work and I didn't have to hire anybody, you know, and then this is what I have seen, you know, my experience, those are the ones that make almost no money. They yeah. come with a very, very slim profit because time Time is money. And as I said, well, and they're every- at the high interest rates too. And so yes. let's break, let's break it in from Alina's side. So yep. you come into the game, you're getting, give us an idea of interest rate. You said six points usually. I, I sometimes, I ch- well, sometimes two, sometimes six, depending on the transaction. So, and it probably be- their experience levels, yes, et cetera. Yes. Uh, mostly here's how I evaluate it. I evaluate how much uh, my, opinion and hand I can have in that because remember what I said risk equals involvement not involvement and just being kind of like a passive investor so if I have an opportunity to kind of like oversee if we're going to be listing the place if we'll be able to walk in and through and say hey you know don't finish this basements, you're going to get no money into it. So if we have this kind of um, ability to be there for the, um, you know, for the investor, I think they get the most benefit and it is the lesser risk for us. So we would go, you know, ease up on the points. Um, and um, also, you know, the, um, I also charge $600 like a processing fee. Processing fee? Yeah. And it's, then what about the interest rate? Like attorney. The interest rates, the last ones that I charged were 13%, all of them. Yeah, so, so 13%, 600 processing, two to six points. So this is a good return on your money. Yeah. However, you to do these deals, you're oftentimes you're sacrificing it being passive income and you're having to playing a very active role in the business. Correct. You're essentially then pl- applying like de facto coaching services to these exactly oh my gosh i never thought of that exactly that's what it is that is yes yes that's exactly what it is because it's less risk to us less risk for the um investor like if somebody come over to me from different state and say hey we have this great thing you like you get seven points and like 15 percent interest i said well thanks no because it doesn't matter to me you know, the world, world, Warren Buffett's rule, don't lose the money. So it, it's going to be much better. It's just if it's a low amount of deals, they're local and there is more control. I cannot stress enough of with all the investors out there. Uh, passive income, as you think of it, passive just does not exist. If it's passive, you're gambling. Uh, might as well just go buy lottery tickets. You may, may not win. Uh, so this is just like, almost like, you know, how much control do you have? You know, is, are you still, and, and important also uh, what um, value to loan ratio I get, right? So if we, if we are buying a property that is, you know, after repair value is like 300000 and I am getting um, a note, let's say, you know, only like, you know, maybe a fifty, sixty thousand dollars um, $60,000, then it's a really low risk. And I have a lot of cushion in there. I'll charge less. So it's 
kind of like, I can't say I have a formula. Um, it, it's a little more of like kind of a creative part of it. Um, I guess if somebody, uh, and because it's not that much work to do this notes, to research the property, uh, that's the first thing I do. I research it, you know, I see what's the comparables on the market. What's the condition? I know the, because we also doing flips. So I know the costs. I know what it's going to take me if, if the investor all of a sudden decided that he is no longer have energy time and resource to do it, like what would take me to walk in and take over? So that's how I know. And I think that knowledge really helps to make the investment safe. Um, if somebody's just brand new and starting out, I think that the, my best advice would be partner up. Alina, thank you so much for sharing about your life and your business and some of your deep thoughts. Thanks for being vulnerable with us. So for those of you listening, whether it's like taking uh, you know, notes on note investing, like to protect yourself or, or how it works, or if it's about maybe some things that are holding you back from better business because you're harboring some deep emotions, some envy, some jealousy, anger, et cetera, write something down that you learn, share it with somebody who knows they hold you accountable because freedom is acquired one action at a time. And if you take action day by day before you know it, you'll be living a life of freedom and purpose. Thank you guys for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode.